So we're going live on Meet the Pros. Today we're going to be talking about recruiting VAs to scale your business. And I have two experts on the line with me today. I've got Kerry Ann Nelson and Andrew Marmot. Welcome to the call, guys. Hey, David. Hi. So we, we're living in funny times and uh, a lot of people in business are struggling with recruitment right now. And one of the issues, obviously, is the great resignation. The other issue is uh, the increasing wage requirements. So as inflation kicks in, you know, people are asking for more money. And uh, recruiting VAs, it's not new, is it? Certainly not at all. <laughs> I, I've been working with my VAs for six years now, yep. uh, offshore VAs, and just love it. It's And I wish that I'd, I'd uh, got onto it earlier. Yeah. What about you, Andrew? Are you working with VAs at the moment? I am, um, probably for about three months. Yep. And I, I think it's the best thing that you can do You've just got to have the, the courage and have the clarity about what you want to outsource. And I, I'm loving the, the chance to get a bit deeper into how that all works and what you should focus on in professional services. So, yeah. Awesome. I mean, we, we've been through this VA cycle a number of times, believe it or not. And um, we started with VAs maybe three or four years ago. And I think the problem was my expectation was wrong. Um, because the, the, first, the first thing that surprises me is VAs are so cheap. Right. In terms of hourly rate compared to what we pay in Australia, they're so cheap. And you go, oh, my God. And I think at the time it was like five bucks an hour. You can get a VA for five bucks an hour. And it was like, well, let's go. Bring them on. And uh, the expectation was that they would just jump in and replace someone who we're paying 25 bucks an hour for. Uh, we failed. And we failed abysmally. <laughs> and uh, I suppose we went away from that. But we came back to it with a much more clearer picture of what we were looking for. And I suppose today's discussion around recruiting VAs is just really helping people understand, you know, what should they do if they, like, first of all, the upside is there's lots of VAs available and they're local or they're international. And so it changes the game. And I think with people wanting to work from home, it sort of levels the playing field saying, well, if you want to work from home, the difference between you and a VA is less in terms of logistics, right? So the door opens and people are going, okay, so now I can get a VA and uh, my people work from home, so the facility's in place. What are the pitfalls? What are the traps? Uh, Kerry Ann, let's talk about your journey with VAs and how you went through this. Yeah, certainly. Um, I, my first VA I hired when I, were, I thought I had a chunk of admin to do that morning. I thought that I could get it done in an hour or two. It blew out to five, so I spent the vast majority of my day doing this work which meant that I couldn't get onto the actual profit-making work of building out programs, recruiting more clients. Um, I was stuck in this stupid trap and I thought, that's it. I might feel like I can't afford this now, but I realised that I couldn't afford not to because I was never going to get out unless I changed the way my workflow was actually going. So, yeah, yeah got my first VA and uh, probably like a lot of business owners, I got them into uh, social media. Uh, so managing my content, doing my posting each day and then tracking, giving me some really basic um, uh, performance uh, reviews at the end of the month so I can see what posts are working well, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, that's where I started um, and it's made all the difference in the world. I've got more exposure now and consistently because I'm not tied to all of that. Yeah. So, And I've just grown from there, yeah. yeah got right. three now, yeah. Three, see, that's awesome. We, we have three at the moment as well. And um, yes. what I found is that the ones we have are part-timers and they actually work full-time for someone else. So this is additional hours for them, which sounds terrible. But the reality is what it does is it forces them to be very time conscious in terms of how long they take to do things. 
So the three of them, two of them are 10 hours a week, one of them is 20 hours a week. Um, we're very clear on our expectation, so it's no longer how you should be able to replace a full-time employee uh, in Australia. I think it's literally, here's some tasks that I need done. And as long as we manage the expectation and we have a very clear communication, they're, they're doing a brilliant job. Um, Andrew, let's talk about your, your current experience with VAs. Yeah, so I, uh, I about two years ago, I brought on someone who I found on uh, like Upwork, which is yep. a freelancing site. And um, a bit like Kerri-Ann and yourself, I wasn't clear. I thought they could do a whole bunch of things and I wasn't very clear about my instructions. And it worked okay. Um, but I felt like there was something that was missing. So what I did was um, earlier this year, I made the, the leap and engaged uh, an Australian um, VA company called Flat Planet. Mm. And there are, you know them, David, that have spoken on our webinars before. Yeah. And they have, a, they have a team that essentially manages uh, not just my uh, LinkedIn campaigns, but also now as part of a system that I've developed, uh, manages and publishes um, some of my client activity. So really it's about giving all the work that was done by one person uh -huh. who didn't really want to do that person in my team, uh, sorry, didn't want to do that task. Now we've given this to our um, a group of people who are responsible for doing it each week and getting better and better. So to me, it's just um, if you've got clarity about what are the tasks that are holding maybe you or your team back mm. and in professional services, uh, it, particularly around things like marketing execution things, it's really helped me give the confidence to then be able to sell more solutions around that space because I've got a team that is dedicated to doing this. So it's been great. Yeah, yeah fantastic. So so tell me, Kerri, you, you're the systems guru, right? Um, and I love doing this, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing for me and the lesson that I had with recruiting VAs was um, you need to be very clear about what the expectation is that they do. You need to systemize it. You need to monitor it. And it all sounds like too much work, right? And some people, when they get their expectations um, smashed, right, because they think this person is going to save them from doing all this stuff, and then they realize, actually, no, this person needs management. Um, what, how, do you, how do you go through this process? Oh, oh, God, it's a it's a big question with some simple answers, though. Yeah. Uh, so um, I was very clear um, on exactly what I wanted my uh, offshore assistant to do. And I wrote up work instructions and I made them instruction videos. And I had very specific tasks. On this day, you'll do this thing, this thing, this thing. And you'll check in with me at that time. Yeah. Now we use Slack. Um, so yeah, uh, made sure that they, they knew exactly what they had to do at first. I talked them through it. Then that's, that's some fun noise, isn't it? Yeah, um, <laughs> I've had to put Andrew on go quiet. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, so if, there's a training process that's involved, yeah. uh, but you can make that training really supportive, not by just talking about what you want them to do. You yeah. need to show them, then you need to record. Then you need to support them in doing that first time. Then yeah. you need to check in. So, yeah, at first there is a lot of work. But you know what? It's the same with any area of business. You don't expect to get clients without doing a bunch of work around marketing. Yeah. You don't expect to be an expert without doing a bunch of work around becoming, having that, developing that expert knowledge. Uh -huh. When you spend the hours, and it might take you a couple of hours to set up a task, 
you'll never have to do that task again. And I think that return does come back in, but it is about setting up really clear pathways so that your worker can work independently. If you don't set them up, you will not be able to get rid of the work. It's that simple. Yeah. So so what what you just described is forcing people to systemize what they do. Um, Exactly. And standardize. I I think one of the issues with delegation is um, most people do abdication versus delegation. And what they end up doing is they, um, by the way, for those who don't know, Andrew just had a baby last week. Uh, one of the reasons he's moving is because the noise in the background is actually the baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Congratulations. That's lovely. Yeah, Thanks, David. Yeah, so, um, David, on that, you, um, you can duplicate a process. You can never duplicate a person. Yeah, if right. you're expecting someone to duplicate you, to yeah. do the work you do, yeah. no, because they don't know how you think, how you feel, the decisions yeah. you're making subjectively along the way, yeah. but you can duplicate a process. So if you yeah. make it step one, two, three, then you're on. Yeah, gotcha. So so really, I suppose what we're talking about today is, you know, VA is not, not new, right? It's been around for a long time. Uh, implementing them, there's been a lot of traps and tribulations that people have gone through. Uh, through time and some people made judgment calls based on that and said you know I tried it it failed it's too hard and the reality is we're in a world now where we're short-staffed in Australia and Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden this idea of VAs is taking on a new life and people saying well now I might as well put the effort in because if I need people to work from home whether they're here or in Philippines or in South Africa or wherever they are in the world I still need to manage them. And so this need for systems never went away. It's now just become more relevant than ever. Um, mm. So maybe let's talk, let's take um, this idea and say someone hasn't done this before or they've done it and failed. What should they do next? What should be the go-to? Um, maybe Andrew will just hear from you. What, what do you think people should be doing first? Unless he's frozen, which is quite possible. Mm-hmm. He's frozen. Carry on. let's go to you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you've asked two questions in one, David. If they've never done it before, yeah. uh, then you need to take a step back and have a look at the tasks that you're doing that are repetitive, mm-hmm. that are um, killing your motivation and your the love of your life, you know, the stuff uh-huh. you really hate doing, <laughs> um, and the stuff that is taking your time, uh, that is really time-consuming. They're the sorts of things you should be delegating. If you're doing a task that is that is taxing, that's repetitive, that's the perfect thing to get someone uh, else to do. Uh, it's also the per- perfect thing because you can turn that into a one-two-step process yes. uh, to have it done again and again. So that repetitive work is the stuff that you can get rid of first. Yeah. And if you've tried and failed, there's there's always, you know, there's a new tomorrow that you can look forward to mm. by backing up. Let's backtrack. Okay, I wanted them to do this thing assume that there's a process fix. I assume that 98% of problems in your business can be solved with a good process. Uh, And so assume that there's a process fix and start to see, right, where are the gaps too big that this person has not been able to perform according to my expectation and start to close those gaps with some steps that really are going to support them through to success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fantastic. So, Andrew, I'm not sure where we lost you, but we were talking about the first steps for people who... have either tried this before and failed um, or are just scared shitless, excuse my terminology, um, uh, because it's, 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 you know, there's security issues, there's culture issues, there's someone across the world that can get hacked, all, all these sorts of things. 
So what do you suggest, Andrew, as for people who are sort of that, uh, who are pensive about doing this? I think that in my experience, I would go with, instead of going to, for an, into an individual sort of freelancer, mm. I'd go with a company that's got systems in their own process to be able to create, uh, to give you that backup and that background yeah. and that and that rigor. Uh, because I, we actually tried twice, actually one was earlier this year, it was through a mutual, mutual contact. And um, I guess everything that went wrong did, like we sent out emails to the wrong people okay. it was just it was but i saw it as actually a um a great experience obviously not not for those clients mm -hmm. but i saw it more because it actually it it said to me it, it reinforced the idea that it's not worked but we need to go to to a um an organization that's got some people who who actually does have those their own systems and their own processes in their own rigor so to me um when you're looking at and engaging a VA, first of all, ask, well, why? Like, what what is what is the work? Is there a, is it quite specific? What areas do you want them to do and how much work do you yep. see it? That's the first thing. And I think the second thing is when you're um, considering who you want to take on with these tasks, just sort of understand and ask questions around what's their process? You know, how do they check and, and be accurate with their work? How do they inform you and actually close the gap as Kerry ann said so mm. um before you get yeah, just have that do the thinking do the understanding and then once you've done that then go out and um make your selection so yeah yeah that's that's my experience good i mean two very different approaches to the same problem i mean one's a high risk one's a low risk if you want to look at it that way but i think yeah. the overarching thing here is simple um what COVID did for me was prove that we are a global nation right and the, the, what, what, what were trade barriers before for employment have been torn down. And so what it means is even though this, so, this sort of behavior has been around for a long time, it's a bit like when COVID started, um, I, I, I remember that uh, telehealth it sort of magically appeared within a week or two of the pandemic. And it was like, how did that happen? And they said, actually, we've had it the whole time. We just never had a need to implement it and everyone pushed back on it. But now that we need it, we just click the button on, right? And the same thing's happened with this uh, this VA scenario is VA's been around for a long time. But what's happened is the enablement or the desire or the need has just been sort of pent up and has now gotten to a stage where you go, well, it's the same problems as we had five years ago. It's just that mm -hmm. now the benefit outweighs the pain of implementing this, this structure. Yeah, yeah, That's indeed. Totally. It's, it's been really nice. I've been working remotely uh, for over a decade. And like I said, my VA is for, uh, for six years now. My first VA was six yep. years ago. Uh -huh. And uh, it's so wonderful now that that the work that I do and the way that I work is uh, it's more relevant and it's more valuable. Yeah. Uh, and it's not so strange for people anymore. Oh, oh what? You, you do that when they live hours away, you know, overseas. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they do a great job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And here's another myth I just wanted to sort of bust it. Uh, it's not about getting cheap resource. Some of the best minds on the planet are available and you can pay yeah. a couple hundred bucks an hour, but you're going to get like a world-class authority, right? So you can pull VAs or you can pull um, contractors um, from anywhere in the world and say, I just need three hours of your, of your time. And they'll yeah, just jump cool. on and they'll do a job remotely. 
Um, it does mean that we need to know what we're looking for. We need to know how to evaluate and we need to know how to dish work out as we've been talking about today. So so getting as, as a business owner, getting a mindset around how do I put this work into a box so I know exactly what I expect and I can tell whether it was done properly becomes even more mm. important now than ever. Mm. Um, it's interesting though, because that was always the case, right? We always needed that. Yes. It's just that, like you say, the perception has become greater, uh, uh, more high value. Yeah. The need is perceived as being more relevant now. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because the old tagline was, uh, it's easier to do it yourself than it is to teach someone else. Yeah, yeah. And, so, that, and that's how you end up owning that job, right? <laughs> people paint themselves into the corner. So I, I think like forced innovation is what's occurred here. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like, well, the tools have been around for a long time, but now you have more reason than ever to actually look at these things. Because yeah. here's what's happened. The barrier has dropped but also the desire has increased yes. and your competitors are doing the same thing. So all of a sudden we've got competitors that are paying lower wages to people offshore to yes. produce work and we're trying to compete with local resources. My family comes from the rag trade and I remember this transition um, when we used to make everything in Australia, all the, all the clothing was Australian and you probably remember the campaign, buy Australia and keep the money in the country. And we all wanted to support Australian except for one thing, right? It got to a point where the cost difference was too great. And you could buy yeah. something from China and in those days it was rubbish, but you know, it was cheap. And then the quality started increasing and improving and it got to a point you're going, well, the quality is as good as Australian and it's still cheap. And so there was a point where we all sort of decided that buying Australian is great as long as the price is right. But if they can't keep the price competitive, we, we're gonna move. Um, I think that uh, that same phenomenon uh, and just to sort of finish that story, um, our family recognised this and said we have to move our manufacturing to China because we will not survive as a business if we keep trying to manufacture in Australia and competing against these things that used to be poor quality but now are of the same quality. Is yeah. the same thing happening in employment, do you think? Oh, yes. Cheap doesn't necessarily need to mean nasty. Yeah. Um, but the global economy is uh, determining those dollar values. And, and um, I don't feel like I'm on the winning side as if there's a winner and a loser. Yeah. Uh, my, my VAs over the last years, they've bought houses, they've married, they're raising families on the on the income that they're creating in the work that I'm employing them for. So, yeah. Now, that's no, another interesting yeah. point where when we think $10 or $5 an hour is, is ridiculously cheap, they're looking at it going, that's more than I can make here. So, you know, how much is the right amount to pay? And it's sort of, there's two sides to that coin. One is how much is the right amount for that for that uh, country, for that economy yes. versus what's the right amount here? Because I did meet a guy who runs a company you would know, Basecamp, right? He was doing a seminar one day and he said, we have, we offshore as well. And we offshore to the Philippines, but we pay the same wages to the people in the Philippines as we do to the people in LA. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now you think about what that means. He goes, that means that the person in the Philippines is earning the equivalent of like $2 million a year in our currency. He goes, what it does though, is it means we get the best. We get the best person in the Philippines because when we pay that much, we expect to get the best. So yes. very interesting philosophy because I, I looked at it and said, that's not, not heard of that before. But uh, in, in his principles, he said, well, I can't justify paying less because that's how much we, we, we pay. So as long as they're producing to the level that we expect, um, I don't mind paying it, which was an interesting different view to you know cheap labour. 
Um, so I think, you know, it's funny because pe people get paid what they're worth. I'm a big believer in that. And if you're not getting paid what you think you're worth, there's a disconnect between who's paying you and what you think. So I'm not saying who's right or wrong here. All I'm saying is there's a disconnect. Now, when we start moving into global economies, as we're talking about, there is disconnects. Okay, and this idea of paying people less because they're in the Philippines, that's probably viable right now. But as the economies start to merge, I think that that's going to become less and less different. That is so true. That's a very interesting speculation because, yeah. yes, the demand, it's a supply and demand question, isn't it? it as is. soon as the as soon as the demand exceeds the supply, then there's a flip of the table as to what's worth what. Yeah, the price goes up, right? Because also yes. we can't find people in the Philippines because they're all being taken for 10 bucks an hour, let's say, arbitrary. And I want someone from the Philippines. I'm willing to pay 20 because that's still cheaper than local. So what happens, right? If you play that out, the value of the wages does go up. So supply and demand is a big player in this. Um, I suppose today's message is really, should I consider VAs as part of my growth strategy for my business? And if I do, what are the things I need to look out for? So if you were going to summarize that, that question in a couple of short statements, how, how, would, you, how would you do that? Maybe we'll start with uh, Kerri-Ann because he's got lots of things happening behind him today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I honestly thought you were going to throw to Andrew. Okay. Uh, so uh, can you please ask the question again? The question <laughs> was if you could summarize the, like, what do people need to be, like, what's the perspective people need to have right now? And, okay. Yeah. And look, look, VAs, to me, it's a, it's a structural shift, right? Global yeah. recruitment is happening more and more. And I think it favours the people who are willing to lean in first. What do yes. people need to be doing in their business to get this to happen? Yes. Okay. The, I believe that not only do the benefits of of um, of, of outsourcing um, outweigh the risks. In actual fact, if you're if you're setting it up properly, it makes the risk disappear. Uh, because the sorts of risks that people are afraid to uh, to make this jump, whether you're hiring in Australia or offshore, uh, it's still a jump, right? Uh, but people are afraid. We're going to have a communication breakdown. The work quality isn't going to be there. We're not going to have an accountability. But if you the systems and processes that you set up can not only make those things disappear, you can actually create a more robust, connected culture of people that are invested and enjoying the lifestyle freedom in that, that uh, remote setting than what you ever could have done in an office in the first place. Yeah. So, uh, so in my mind, I think it's not a case of should I or shouldn't I. It's more a question of how am I going to do this best. Uh -huh. Gotcha, gotcha. Andrew, what are your thoughts? Oh, look up. I think, uh, sorry, I'm just going to repeat the question again, Taylor. I'm trying to process what Kerry Ann's saying. And so, just in a simple way, okay. what are the key so, takeaways? So, the question was this, yeah. right? We've, we've got people who run businesses and they're looking to scale and they're thinking about VAs and uh, they are not sure what they should be doing. Should they, shouldn't they? Should they dip their toe in the water? I believe it's structural, it's a change that's coming. What do people yes. need to do to prepare for this? Be, be clear on what you, what you need. Yep. Um, that's the first thing, and um, you're going to break. You know, you're going to break some eggs along the way. It's whether it's a, you know, we, we were dealing with humans. You know, I used to be in rec recruitment for ten years, and there's, you know, it's not like we're selling a widget or, or hiring a or bring on something that's a, a physical thing. Yeah, it's a, you know, we're humans. It's it's labour force. People are doing a job. It's I guess the question is, uh, you know, if you really want to scale your business, 
um, then you need to create systems, as Carrie Ann always says. So to me, hiring um, a community of people such as virtual assistants is a system. It allows you to scale quicker, yeah. maybe with a lower cost, but ultimately they're all embedded to what you want to do. So to me, I look at it as a choice of if you want rapid growth, then consider using a, a VA, you know, cohort of people. Yes. Um, if you're a bit gun shy, then that's fine, but you're not going to grow as fast or at least your mindset needs to shift. Yep. Because to me, it's all about the, the willingness to embrace something new and VAs are new for a lot of people. Brilliant. I mean, like for me, it's not if, it's when, right? When am I going to yeah. outsource? Um, how am I going to do it? What do I need to put in place? And everything you've talked about, you know, we, we talk about this in business all the time. Create a system so people can follow the system because until yep. you systemize it, you're doomed to be doing it yourself. And when we talk about scale in business, the best way to scale a business is to actually not be part of the delivery mechanism. And the only way to really do that is to be really clear on what you expect people to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Guys, it's been an interesting conversation. You know, I, I did want to talk about this because it is a phenomenon that keeps coming up. And I feel yeah. like people are scared to enter the waters on this one. Um, I feel that they're unsure and I think just giving them some assurance that, you know, all three of us are using VAs as a permanent part of our business. Um, we know it works. Um, it is a softly, softly approach at the start. It's not about being going hard, it's about being persistent. And uh, you can start to see how those those resources can really help in producing a scalable business. So guys, yep. thanks so much for your time today. Really enjoyed it. And if anyone needs to reach out, we've actually managed to get your names into the boxes today. So we're one step closer to getting this to a authentic uh, broadcast. Um, really appreciate your input. Thanks, David. Thanks, Gary. Great conversation. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, David. All right. Cheers, guys.